0: Welcome to Every Nation Reims' online Sunday service. We're a church that sees lives, community, society transformed through discipleship in the word, the presence, and the power of God. It is so great to have you with us today. My name is Carol Gosman, and my husband and I are senior pastors of this loving, powerful, and God-fearing church. We want to continue with our sermon series on rebuild. We're looking at rebuilding nations as South Africa has gone through this This terrible dual problem of an epidemic and an economic meltdown. God wants to come and turn things around and you are part of the solution. God is getting ready to use you to rebuild a nation. In the news this past week, so many things have been happening around the world. The biggest, of course, is what has been happening in the USA with the death of George Floyd and the resultant, riots that have happened all over the place and this has highlighted something something that is very dear to the hearts of South Africans and that's the concept of racism and justice and of course there's a cry that is coming out of the hearts of the people of Africa do you see us do you hear us do you know us when will this end and I want to tell you that part of the The process and part of the outcome of the kingdom of God coming on earth through Jesus Christ is that justice is restored. As we talk about rebuild, we want to talk about how things are broken, but God is upon his people. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us to fix it. You will remember last week we spoke about Jesus and how he proclaimed in the synagogue that Here he was that the spur of the sovereign Lord was upon him and he was going to preach good news to the poor. He went on and followed that scripture, you remember, and talked about how people would be transformed through his ministry. He didn't go on to Isaiah 61 verse 4. He was quoting Isaiah 61. He didn't actually read verse 4, but we can go on and read the consequence of Jesus' ministry in Isaiah 61 verse 4 and it says this, they shall build up the ancient ruins, they shall raise up the former devastations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. There is a cry of the Spirit of God to the church of of Jesus Christ rise up and rebuild rise up and and lift up the places that have been devastated rebuild what has been broken down receive the blueprint of a heavenly nation and build along those lines justice is an important topic of the bible throughout the bible god equates justice with righteousness there is this this never-ending theme that the kingdom of God will come and restore justice to places where it hasn't been. One of the prophets of the Old Testament by the name of Micah said this astounding thing when he was, he was rebuking God's people for their lack of uh, worship towards God and their lack of integrity and their lack of justice. And he said this, He has told you, O oh man, God has told you, people of God, He has told you what is good and what does the Lord require of you he requires you to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God right there we hear the basic tenets of a human being walking with God is to do justice Amos another prophet from the old testament as he was writing his book in chapter 5 you hear this cry this prayer coming from his heart God, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The spur of God rising up in Him and calling out, come justice, come righteousness. Let it fill the earth. Let it wipe out the pain of the past injustices. Let it raise up the downtrodden. Let it establish systems and ways of doing things and culture that allows everyone to thrive and blossom and prosper. Biblical justice is a little bit different from the way we as human beings view justice. Very often when you hear justice spoken about, you hear justice spoken about as something that is condemning of evil. And of course, God does not tolerate evil at all, but, but his justice is a bit different from that. It has a different emphasis. Often people talk about justice as being retribution and revenge for past ills. The Bible talks about it very differently. For the Bible, for God's kingdom, for God himself, justice is restoration. Justice doesn't stop at just noticing evil, condemning evil. Justice in the Bible is restoration. Justice in the Bible is where God sees things that are wrong, the the valleys, the troughs of human existence, and he lifts them up where he makes right the things that have gone wrong, where he empowers us to set things in the right place, causes us to rebuild the ancient ruins. There's a very famous story. You've heard of it many times. You probably learned it in Sunday school. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. If you want a title for this message, let it be, Justice, Racism and the Good Samaritan. So we're going to look at the story of the Good Samaritan. The story of the Good Samaritan begins with a lawyer. Those were people who were versed in the religious law of the time, coming to Jesus, and he's trying to ask Jesus a bit of a tricky question. We'll start in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. What's so interesting is that this lawyer would have recited those verses and that part of the law every morning in his morning prayers. And Jesus was saying to him, you know what's right. You've been reciting it often. Now go and do it. The implication of Jesus' answer was, you know it, but you're not doing it. Of course, this would would have upset the lawyer enormously. So he goes on trying to justify himself. Verse 29, he says to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now the standard rabbinical reply to this, what the rabbis would have always said having been asked this question in those days, they would have replied, your neighbor is your fellow Jew. This lawyer was expecting that answer for Jesus because he was probably doing good for his fellow Jew he was probably loving his fellow Jew as himself he was probably acting as a good neighbor to his fellow Jew but Jesus was about to take it more take it further excuse me he was about to take it further he's about to challenge those premises of that Jewish man he goes on and says a man going down he goes to tell the story a man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Two of the religious elite of that time passed by that man, seeing him on the side of the road were unwilling to engage with him or to even participate or help with His rescue. Jesus goes on, But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, using oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. He finishes by asking the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Again, again, Jesus is saying, yeah, you have got the answer to the question that you were asking, but it's not enough to know the answer. Go and do likewise. Justice in the Bible is not justice until it is done. The Bible refers to righteousness a lot, but one person who I respect has once said this, that righteousness is not something that exists in your heart. Righteousness is something that exists in the spaces between us. Righteousness and justice is something that exists by virtue of what we do in relationship to one another. Justice is not justice until it is done. It isn't a theory, it isn't a speech, it's love in action. Justice is action. I want to look at the three groups of people that were in this parable. First of all, there is the man who was abused, the man who fell among robbers. And you know what, when I I think of this, it's very likely that you watching this video You have fallen on some hard times from time to time. Some injustice has been done to you. If you live in South Africa, oh my word, we've lived through a history of injustice. The likelihood of you having experienced some form of injustice to you is very, very high. And I want to speak to your heart. And I want to say that that God is sending Samaritans into your life. God is working towards bringing you from that place of brokenness into a place of wholeness. Injustice is everywhere but the promise of the Bible is this, that the spirit of the living God is everywhere and he has a way to heal the brokenhearted. Someone I was speaking to recently told me, he has friends in Cape Town, he's living up here in Joburg at the moment and he said he he was talking to this friend in Cape Town and this friend told him that recently just walking down one of the streets in Cape Town a seven-year-old boy on his way home was shot dead and then sometime that week a 64-year-old sorry I've got that wrong I'm going to start again The the seven-year-old was actually in his bed and he was shot dead in his bed. The 64-year-old was walking home and he was shot while walking home and he said these two great injustices didn't even make the news because they kind of just fell into this genre in our country of this pervading injustice that seems to be happening everywhere. And these terrible tragedies didn't even bring up a bleep on our news register, so to speak. It reminded me of something that I think sometimes because injustice is so so in the air right now and so all over the place we can kind of get a fatigue in our heart we can kind of get hopeless about it like is there any way we can overcome this is do I have to hear one more story do I have to engage one more time and my answer to you is this the spirit of the living God is at work in this nation to write these things this is not a time for hopelessness this is not a time for giving up this is a time for grabbing hold of the promises of God. I'm going to speak a little while later of how to overcome that sense of hopelessness and fatigue. But for the moment, I want you to just hold on to this fact that God sees the weariness of your heart. And right now, the Spirit of God wants to come and just invigorate you, to let you know and there is a hope for the future, that His plan for this nation is good and wholesome and true, and He will accomplish it, and you are part of that plan. while I was talking to that same gentleman, he made this other statement that I thought was so profound. He said that, you know, a lot of the injustice that we experience or people experience in our nation today is a very subtle injustice. It's like someone talking down to you, someone ignoring you, someone not, not valuing, you, who you, valuing who you are. And very often, you know, you can just oh, shrug it off, it's gone. And, and that's all very well, but, but I guess I want to speak to the the very people that are perpetrating these kind of subtle injustices, not noticing the people around you, taking taking for granted what's going on in the lives of the people to your left and your right, not not noticing and caring for them, is that subtle injustice, if it is left long enough, becomes overt injustice. Subtle racism, those snide remarks, those jokes, those rolling of the eyes, the, the... insensitivity to where people are, the lack of respect, left unchecked eventually becomes overt racism. And I, I guess I want to speak to all of us that you can get deceived by thinking that because injustice is everywhere that it's okay. And it's not okay. God is not okay with it. From the smallest place to the largest place. That man who put his neck sorry put his knee on the neck of floyd of george floyd somewhere as a young boy he was taught to be a racist he was taught injustice and he probably wasn't taught it in overt ways like slapping people of a different color or being cruel or evil to people of a different color he was probably taught it through jokes and snide comments and subtle innuendos and he probably imbibed in his heart a way of looking at other people different from him And I I really, I want to challenge at the very root of our conversations, the very root of our interactions with other people, we cannot let the most subtle hint of injustice and racism go because it grows into something that's ugly, ungodly, hurtful, and harmful. I want to say, if I can be quite blunt, I hope you will still love me after this, but I want to say to white people, don't keep quiet. Don't let it go. Don't participate it. Don't participate, sorry, in it at all. And I want to say this to people, non-white people, all of you, every, every hue. I want to say this. Do not let, when you experience racism, do not let it define you. Do not let it speak of who you are. Listen to the voice of the living God and live that reality, live that identity. There were another group of people. This was two of them. There was the priest and the Levite, as I said, the religious elite of the time. And, you know, they, they walked by on the other side. They saw something go on, but they, in essence, didn't want to be inconvenienced by it. If they were traveling between Jerusalem and Jericho, it's very likely, very likely that they had been in Jerusalem before one of the religious feasts it's very likely that the priest had been performing some kind of duty in the temple. They were most likely about their religious duties. And the sad thing is that people can get deceived into thinking, because I'm doing all the right religious things, somehow I'm doing what's right. And Jesus was flagrantly saying, that's not true. That's not true. You can be about the religious duties of Christianity, but you cannot at the same time be living out Christianity. In other words, they're not the same thing. Doing your religious duties and doing what Christians do are not necessarily the same thing. And God is calling out to say, don't let the external trappings of our religion deceive you into thinking you're doing the right things. There are so many things that can distract us in you know, when we, when we see injustice around us, as I said before, it's easy to get fatigued and think, oh, there's hopelessness. I'm hopeless, there's not much I can do. How am I going to make this right? Or, you know, I, I sometimes think, I, obviously I have conversations with white people. I have conversations with all kinds of people, but when I have conversations with white people about racism and injustice, they often say, but we're not all like that. They often say things like when they hear the statement, black lives matter they all often say well all lives matter and of course all lives matter but what they are doing is they're kind of deflecting the the issue it's like they they're trying to walk on the other side of the road and and why are they trying to do that and and it's not because they're bad people it's not because they're evil at the root of it it's because they're overwhelmed mostly when they hear those statements what they're hearing in their heart is they're hearing i'm guilty of something that i have no power to change And because it's making me feel uncomfortable, awkward, overwhelmed, I just want to deflect it. I just don't want to talk about that. I just want to not think about it. But here's the beauty of this. We can't change everything, but we can change some things. You can't change the whole world system. You can't transform Trump's idea of how to run a nation. You can't reform the police system or the the SANDF and stop them from doing the violence. You you can't necessarily do that, but you can do something. Andy Stanley said a really great thing. He said, Do the good to the one that you wish you could do for the many. And I want to speak to those of you who have felt that overwhelmed feeling. I want to say there is hope. And God is not asking you to do everything, He's just asking you to do something. I think I've made this point quite well before, but I want to reiterate it, that religious observance is not the same as being Christian. Such a, a wild thing happened this week. We saw a president of a very large nation of the world standing in front of a church, holding up a Bible from which peaceful protesters had just been dispersed with, in, in somewhat violent means. And it would be so easy for someone like that to think that just standing in front of a church with a Bible was good enough. No, that's not good enough. God is calling us to be the hands and feet of the kingdom in our environment, to reach out to the broken, to hear the cries of the lonely and the oppressed. Something I've thought of very often when I've spoken to people who've gone through gross injustices is that you don't heal pain by solving the problem. You heal pain by listening. People who've been through difficult times or hard experiences, injustice, violence, when they come to you with a problem, they're not necessarily asking you to fix it. Mostly, they're asking you to care. Mostly, they're asking you to hear them, to know them, to see them. The priests and the Levite were unwilling to see this man. They saw him at a distance, but they were unwilling to step down into his issue with him. They were unwilling to work walk the journey towards healing with him. The last person in the story is the Samaritan. The Samaritan, interestingly enough, came from a different cultural group to all other people in the story. Remember right at the beginning, the lawyer was asking Jesus, who is my neighbor and expecting to hear your fellow Jew. Jesus right here is saying, no, that is not true. The Samaritan who crossed cultural barriers, who crossed cultural borders was the one who was a neighbor to the other. In other words, justice must cross cultural boundaries. Justice must cross cultural boundaries. Interestingly enough, the Samaritans were were hated by the Jews. And the likelihood of this Samaritan who was on a journey between Jerusalem and Jericho, he was in Jewish territory. The likelihood of him having experienced injustice from Jewish people is very, very high. This man most likely knew injustice from the inside out. And one of the reasons I am guessing that he was able to see this man beaten and at the side of the road, The reason he was being able to see him most probably was that he he identified with him. One of the best ways that we overcome injustice, racism, is that we step down into the trenches with our fellow hurt and abused person who's seen injustice. We identify with them. We put ourselves in the other person's story. One of the most healing things you will ever do as a person of any culture in this nation is to get to know someone of a different culture and not just get to know with them, live in their world for a while, hear their stories, hear their stories without justifying yourself. Just just hear them, listen to them, find out about them. Here's another interesting thing is that the Samaritan didn't do everything. I think this is important. Each of us, we don't have capacity to solve all these problems. The Samaritan didn't do everything. He took this man to an inn. At the inn, the innkeeper took care of much of it. He he kind of partnered out the responsibility for this man's healing with someone else. You can't do everything but do what you can. I think this is an important thing. You can't do everything but do what you can. The Bible says in that story, you'll remember when I read it, that the Samaritan had Compassion on him. I'm going to say the Greek word for compassion because you will never, ever believe it. It's splang knid zoma hi. Exactly. Splang knid zoma hi. That's the word. I don't know how you used that in a sentence, but clearly they did. And it literally means to have your bowels yearn. I know it's like a really visceral crazy word and what it literally means is that that the man felt the other man's pain in himself he identified with it he could see it he could feel it and part of writing the problems of injustice and racism is that we need to step into each other's worlds we need to write ourselves into each other's stories we need to find out listen journey together become brothers and sisters to each other so in conclusion, justice is not justice until it's done. Injustice unchecked eventually harms everyone. Embrace the inconvenience of doing justice. In other words, justice is not gonna come at convenient times. Your capacity to right wrongs is probably going to inconvenience your life. It's gonna mean you're gonna to have, to, have to step out of your normal everyday routine and do something different. And last of all, justice must cross cultural barriers as we are trying to build a multicultural church. And I think we're succeeding quite well at that. You know, these are issues we are going to have to face. And for some of us, there's going to have to be a place of forgiveness towards other people. And for those of you who have already forgived, forgiven and are already living in forgiveness, I just want to commend you. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. For others, it's going to be, have to be a re- examining of our hearts and saying, I want to be different. I want to live differently. And to both of these people, I want to say the truth is that when we look back at that story, we probably in some way all have aspects of all those different people. To some degree, we've all been wounded. To some degree, we've all wounded others. To some degree, we've turned away and tried not to notice the pain of another person. And to some degree we have stepped into the trenches and helped someone. And I guess our journey in Christ is this, that we're all are endeavoring to move out of those places, of those other, other characters in the stories to all become that good Samaritan where Jesus Christ and the values of the kingdom reside in us and we, we do the right thing in every situation. We, we step into other people's pain. We do justice. We don't just think justice. We don't just understand justice, but we actually do justice. And as we looked back at Isaiah 61, we do justice because the spirit of the sovereign the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. Excuse me. We don't just do it in our own strength, we do it because he's with us. Those two great laws to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself are impossible to do without his presence, his leading, his ability. And so right now I just want to pray for two things. I want to pray. For those who are hurting, that the Spirit of God would come and heal you, and for those who want to take a step towards living out a more just life, I want to pray that the Spirit of God would come and help you. So, Lord Jesus, I just ask, where these people are watching, Father God, I know this has been a deep and a difficult message for some people, but I want to ask Holy Spirit that you would come and touch each person. You would come and touch the hearts of everyone. Lord God, I pray for healing where there needs to be healing. I pray for conviction where there needs to be conviction. And I pray all around people, people would find themselves walking more closely in Jesus' footsteps, would find themselves more able to do the justice of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch them and heal them, restore them. And lastly, I want to pray... For those people that are listening that you want to take a step closer to Jesus. Perhaps you've been living far from him or perhaps you have kind of strayed over the last little while and you you know you want to, instead of moving away from Jesus, you want to start moving toward Jesus. And if that's you, I want to ask you to follow me in prayer as I pray this. Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask that you would give me the grace to follow Jesus. You would give me the grace to take the next steps in following Jesus. Lord God, come and give me the power to change. Lord God, I ask that you cause me to be born again. I ask that you cause me to become your child. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, we would love to hear from you. There is a link that is coming up. Please follow that link to give us your details so that we can contact you and help you further on the journey. In addition, let's stay connected. Let's reach out to one another. I guess my challenge to you this week is get to know someone that you haven't known before. Write yourself into someone else's story this week. Love you all. You're amazing. The spirit of God is resting on you and you're doing great exploits. See you soon. Bye.